education and taking back control of your health and understanding why and what's causing it is the most empowering feeling because then you can start to make steps. And so again, empowering and understanding your body and the way it works is going to give you the confidence to be able to push forward and to start to clear your acne and to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Welcome back to another episode of Everyday Endorphins, a mental health podcast focused on the importance of finding joy and happiness in daily living. I'm your host, Stella Stephanopoulos, and as we move into the spring, soon to be the summer, there's like an energy in the air. We all just want to feel like our healthiest, our happiest selves. And of course, exercise is important, nutrition, all that good stuff. But something that really can affect our confidence and our self-esteem is our skin. So this week on the podcast, I had the absolute pleasure of interviewing Danielle Gronick and Kaylee Christina, co-founders of Clear Stem Skincare, a non-toxic anti-acne and anti-aging skincare line that's amassed a really big following and received a lot of success. You may have seen Clear Stem featured in Forbes, Refinery29, the Skinny Confidential podcast, and many others. And I am so thrilled that they came on to Everyday Endorphins this week to talk about how they started their company, how acne can impact your mental health, your well-being, tips for becoming your clearest self, wellness habits, all of that good stuff, and how to actually take a hold of your own skin journey and become better educated for the types of products that best suit you. I am so excited for you guys to hear this episode, but before we dive in, a reminder to like, rate, and review this podcast on whichever listening platform you prefer, and follow along Everyday Endorphins on Instagram and TikTok to stay up to date on future episodes and podcast events. And if you liked what you heard, you're interested in trying out ClearStem and their products, go to their website and use the code ENDORPHINS, all caps, to receive 15% off of your order. There's also a link in my Instagram bio where you can access all of this information. So definitely go check that out and happy listening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, Kaylee. Hi, Danielle. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thanks for having us. I am so excited to talk about everything related to skincare, entrepreneurship, mental health. I first want to start off with the founding story and how you two uh, came in contact. So I'd love for you both to share with my listeners how the two of you met and really what inspired the creation of Clear Stem Health. Definitely. So um, I struggled with my skin for a very, very long time, like over a decade and did every medication you can think of like multiple times, even did Accutane like three times and it didn't even work on me. So I was like 28 at the time and um, I wound up leaving the corporate world to dust off my biology background and go back to school and like learn about skin um, for myself because like if you go to a typical dermatologist or doctor appointment, like they don't teach you anything. They just write prescriptions. So I like felt like I could never get anywhere. So I went back to school. I became a clinical esthetician focusing only on acne. And I started San Diego Acne Clinic about eight years ago. And I met Kaylee here 
as a patient who was struggling with something very similar. And um, yeah, that's how we met. When I met Danielle, I was, so I was recently came off birth control. And now we know, we hear from so many women that have really bad adverse side effects when they get off the pill specifically and and other medications. And at the time though, there was no resources for this online. No one was sharing their story. So I had gotten off birth control and my skin just completely freaked out. I was already acne prone and this had just essentially like poured gasoline on the fire. Every single thing was making me break out, but I didn't know what it was. I didn't know about poor plug ingredients. I didn't know about the nuances with certain foods. And even though I had gone back to school and actually got my degree in holistic nutrition, but nowhere is the specific nuances of acne discussed. And I've, we've had this conversation with all of our friends, both in Western medicine practices, but also Eastern medicine, like functional doctors. And there's a lot of very specific acne nuances that just are not talked about. And I was going to every single doctor, dermatologist, esthetician, and just kept getting prescriptions wrote to me. Um, they kept telling me I had to go back on birth control. I had to go on antibiotics. I had to go on Accutane, but they couldn't tell me why. And I kept searching, like, something is wrong. Like, what is causing all this? Oh, I don't know. Just take this prescription. See if this works was the only answers I was given. And one last Google search, I popped San Diego Acne Clinic, and that's where I met Danielle. And my whole world was changed in that moment when I learned everything about the actual root cause of acne and what triggers it. We discovered I had about 12 different acne triggers going on, again, from using products with poor clogging ingredients in them to over supplementation, causing hormonal imbalances to eating eggs every single day. 12 of these, removed them all, got on a proper skincare routine and and one of the key products in all of this uh, was actually a serum that Danielle was developing at the time that is now our Cell Renew Serum. Um, you know, fast forward, and my skin was completely clear with no scar damage in a matter of two months. And it's never come back like that again. Wow. So it's interesting that you talk about these different acne triggers, because I think like when we commonly think about acne, it's like, oh, you're going through puberty, your body's changing. Let's talk specifically for women, for example. and then like when you're an adult, a young adult, like your skin should clear up, like you kind of transition out of that experience of having more acne and puberty. But clearly that's not the case. And I feel like there's like you, you mentioned, Kaylee, there's so many nuances around acne. Does this tie into the concept of holistic skincare? And if so, can you talk a little bit more about like what that concept is and really what the approach of holistic skincare looks like? Yeah. So Holistic just means you're you're looking at things from the whole perspective and not trying to change everything by, say, like a medication, right? It means you're looking at the whole package. And with skin, that is so important because your skin's your largest organ. It's internally affected by what's going on inside your systems. And then also it's also affected externally by what you're putting on and your climate um, and allergens and things like that. So you really have to look at skin from a holistic perspective. Otherwise, you will never get anywhere. So what we do is extremely holistic, like our, and I say that because our first, you know, product, if you will, is education. We're educating people on what they eat and how that affects their skin, inflammation, how that affects their skin. There's something going on with their digestion, um, what that's going to look like. Um, So it really is just teaching people about their bodies in a way that their traditional medical 
um, professionals just have never taught them. So that is our like the core crux of our line. And I think that's why people gravitate to us is because we teach before we sell. Um, and then the, the holistic part of that too is that we have a vitamin that helps with all those processes that if they're off can affect your skin. So it's like, yes, there's topical skincare products that do specific wonderful things, but then there's also the vitamin counterpart that helps balance out the internal side of things. Um, and then helping people identify what their unique triggers are is really important to us. And it's what we spend a lot of time educating on. Yeah, I love that you kind of broke it down that way. And Kaylee, earlier you were mentioning how you were on birth control and then you got off birth control. And I've also had kind of a similar experience where I was on birth control and then I went off. And I was a little nervous because I was like, is this going to impact my skin? And luckily, I, I think my skin actually was pretty okay. But you would think that perhaps like your skin would be worse after going off birth control. So how can you identify like what those different triggers are and how they impact your own skin? Because I know, for example, sugar or lots of added sugar is really inflammatory to our bodies and that can directly contribute perhaps to our skin. But can you speak a little bit more to the different types of triggers or things that people can kind of be on the lookout for when they're trying to determine like what actually is impacting their skin and what's like the cleanest way to take care of themselves. Yeah, birth control is really specific um, to people and um, there's great resources out there if anyone is listening that would like to get off and support their body in a way. Cause we, we do have a lot of people that come to us that are that want to get off it and very fearful that they're going to break out. So a lot of people were originally put on it back in their teenage years for acne. So luckily there's a lot of great resources out there for helping to support your body for that. But in general, um, if someone is more on the acne prone side, there are guaranteed acne triggers that are going to break people out. And we'll get to the internal causes, but it's really important to reference the most important external cause of acne, and that is pore clogging ingredients. And the reason why I want to start with this is because it doesn't matter how many internal things you're doing, fixing all your gut health, your digestion, everything. If you're still using products that have pore clogging ingredients, no matter what, you're still going to be breaking out. So because of this, we created an amazing resource on our website. It's the pore clogging ingredients list, and it has everything listed out, but we also created a search bar. So you can just search all your current skincare, makeup, and then hair conditioner is one you want to search as well. You just Google your product, go to the ingredient deck, copy it, paste it into our ingredients checker bar, click search. And if there's any pore clogging ingredients, they'll show up red. And then you can also double check below which ones those are. Those are going to be the culprits of your acne for external causes of acne. Again, you'll be doing all the things internally, but if you have a moisturizer, it has pore clogging ingredients, you're still clogging your pores and you're still getting acne from that. So that is the very first thing to check. Go through all your products. Again, biggest culprits, you need to check all your products, but biggest ones are moisturizers, SPF, hair conditioners, um, foundations, bronzers, cream-based things. Again, it, it's it, pore clogging ingredients. It's thicker than your skin's natural oil. It goes into the pore, it gets stuck, and it physically has to be exfoliated and extracted out. So thinking thicker items, but you'd be surprised where there's some sneaky pore clogging ingredients and in face washes now. Um, Even conditioners, like you wouldn't think that conditioners could 
contribute to your acne. How, how does that work? Well, it's so thick. Like, just think about what a conditioner is meant to do. It's meant to coat your hair really thick and create this coating on top. And then when that gets when you're in the shower, that not only gets down your neck and back when you're rinsing your hair. So if anyone has neck acne or back acne, that's a huge contributor. But also if your breakouts are heavier on your sleep side, um, and it does even if you sleep with your hair up in a bun, it's still getting on the pillow, and then your face is on the pillow in the middle of the night. So um, one big thing to look out for as far as pillow because it's 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 a pretty big marketing. Uh, scheme that's like, oh, you have to change your pillowcase every single night in this anti-acne pillowcase. And in reality, it's either the hair conditioner on your pillowcase or fabric softener. So we stay steer clear of fabric softeners for our acne community. Um, the, the pods that have the mixture of the liquid fabric softener in it as well, um, those are huge acne aggravators. So when it comes to your pillow, you do not need to buy a $200 pillowcase and wash it every single night. We do always recommend silk, Danielle and I, just because it's it's a lot gentler for your skin and your hair and causes less breakage. It's more hydrating. Like it doesn't pull the hydration from your skin as much, um, but it doesn't need to be a $200 pillowcase. Right. So these are external factors. What about these internal factors that can contribute to our acne? So you had mentioned gut health. Let's start there, maybe. Yes, we like to break up gut health into two different sections. There's digestion and gut health, and sometimes they're used interchangeably. And yes, they they both affect each other. But digestion, think of it as happening inside your stomach, and gut health is your microbiome. So people don't digest their food all that well a lot of the times, especially if they're eating really quickly, which most most of us do, um, or we're eating like a ton of meat in one sitting, or a lot of meat late at night. Um, so there's just a lot of ways that people aren't breaking down all their food. And in fact, um, at San Diego Acne Clinic, when I have a client that has something going on internally and I send them out for blood work, digestion, like literally in the stomach, like with bile, stomach acid, enzymes, um, is usually the culprit. So we like to educate people that those the two things should be paid attention to separately. Um, and if people are not digesting food very well, it kind of creates like a toxic byproduct that can affect their lymphatic system. And that can show up in the face um, and the neck. And it'll almost look like highways or like pathways of inflammation. It's like it'll be like, you know, one inch section is just super red and inflamed. And then right above and below it, it's fine. And that's usually lymphatic usually tied to something in the digestive process. Now, if people have done a ton of antibiotics or a ton of medication, or they have like, say like a parasite or something like that in their actual gut microbiome, those, there's a, a different tests you can do like the GI map um, and other things you can do to kind of test for that as well. So we like to provide all those resources for people and just, you know, try to help them pinpoint what area needs the most support. Yeah, that's fascinating because I've done a lot of uh, research and and just through my interviews and personal interest and in the gut microbiome and how our gut actually produces a lot of serotonin in our bodies. And so like, I, I think it's the vagus nerve where directly like there's that pathway between our gut and our brain. And so clearly like there's this relationship between the food that we consume and then our, our mental health and our well-being. And that's also pretty related to stress. But then when I think about acne and certain acne triggers, I also think about how stress plays a really big role in acne coming up, you know, on my face or just experiencing, you know, a breakout. So would you say that stress is related to the gut microbiome, which then in turn can affect our acne or is stress something to be 
thought about like entirely separate as its own specific type of trigger. Yeah, back to the holistic look of everything. Our body is all connected. And so we can't look at these things as completely separate entities. They're all connected. So for example, stress creates inflammation in the body. It also shuts off off our digestive system. So when when we're really stressed, we're not digesting properly which in turn can cause a imbalance in good and bad gut bacteria. And so it's, it's all linked And acne is an inflammatory condition. So when we are stuck in this constant stress state, when we're shutting down di- digestion, when we're keeping cortisol levels really high, which means we're not breaking down sugar properly and our you know, glycemic profile in our body is really, really high, it's all interconnected. So stress is heavily linked to acne. It's not always the number one root cause, but it's essentially like, again, pouring gasoline on a fire is adding to it in every single way. Usually there's some additional root causes. We've discussed the poor quality ingredients. There's over supplementation. There's certain foods, but then all of this in turn is causing stress on the body, which is making it worse. I love how you just also brought it back to this concept of holistic skincare because it's so important to be cognizant of the fact how there are so many things that do factor into like our overall sense of well-being. I want to go back a little bit to Kaylee, how you mentioned that you had battled with cystic acne and Danielle, you had also been on Accutane three times, which is a pretty powerful drug. I've never been on Accutane, but I've had friends on Accutane. Clearly, adult acne can really impact our confidence and our self-esteem. So I'd love for the both of you to describe, and maybe let's start with you, Kaylee, first. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, your experience battling cystic acne and how that impacted your confidence levels at the time? My cystic acne really came out of the blue for me. Again, I got off birth control and a few months later, my entire skin had erupted and was covered in a matter of two months. I dealt with acne on and off growing up, but it was never the aggressive cystic kind. And it hit my confidence a lot. Like going into high school, I was struggling with pretty bad acne. I was written prescriptions. I dried the crap out of my face and just dried it all up. But again, in my mid-20s, when I had the really bad cystic acne, I I was working a job where I was traveling a lot and I was very client-facing. So it was constant like meetings during the day, dinners at night. And I remember packing on the thick clay theater makeup. I remember looking up the makeup that the Miss America pageant girls were wearing because it's it's like layering a new face on top of you. Um, so I had that really thick clay makeup on top and you could see like all the bumps underneath. And with cystic acne, you can feel it. And so because you can feel it, you can't pretend like it's not there, your mindset wise. And I just remember being thinking everyone was staring at it and feeling like I'd really low confidence, which was not like me. And I, you know, I enjoy being around people and feeling like I was, I was canceling things. I did not see friends for a few months. I said no to hanging out with friends and going out to dinners unless it was work related. And then I was forced to, but other than that, I was just in my house trying to figure it out. I was testing all these things from the cleanest of clean to like really harsh creams, everything on my skin, every diet possible. And I just felt so exhausted. And because at this time on social media, people weren't sh- like now we have a ton of accounts sharing about acne in their journey, but it was, wasn't happening on social media at the time. And so I just felt really alone in everything. And every dermatologist I went to, I remember searching for so many that 
that specialized in acne and I couldn't find anyone. And every doctor I went to just made me feel like I was crazy. Um, and I went through a small identity crisis. You know, my, I looked in the mirror and my, my face looked so disfigured that it didn't look like me. And it was, it was a really, really challenging time for me mentally. I mean, I can only imagine how difficult that must have been also when you were working and like having to be around clients. I know in my own experience, like if I don't feel like I've been in like my normal exercise routine or if I am breaking out, but I have to do dinners with clients or I have social commitments with friends, like I definitely don't feel like I'm bringing or like putting my best foot forward. And luckily I haven't had as challenging of an experience as you have in the past. So I can only imagine how difficult that is, but I can definitely resonate with this feeling of like, kind of like being gaslit by doctors or not being really heard and understood. Um, I don't know, Danielle, do you want to speak a little bit more to that if, if you've also shared in that experience? Yeah, I do. And I want to preface it by saying that this, you know, it's not an attack on doctors or dermatologists. And it can feel that way because we've all kind of had the same experience. I mean, I know, like, as I was in college studying cellular biology, I would, and and immunology, I would come with like a list of questions and couldn't get answers to any of them. And it would be like, well, there's no white paper on that. Or, uh, oh, there's the research is inconclusive. There's just whatever. It was just a lot of like smoke and mirrors. And then a lot of just which prescription do you want to try again? So um, that is, you know, it kind of is gaslighting, you know, a little bit, especially if you know something is wrong with you. Like the last time I had a really bad um, breakout, it was because I was eating a lot of eggs and I didn't know the connection between eggs and acne back then and I was having like three or four a day as like my sole source of protein but eggs can actually be really um, inflammatory to the lymphatic system because of the type of protein they have so I literally had like swollen lymph nodes like all down my neck something was clearly not okay and I was told by my germ that no everything everything in your blood work looks fine you're fine and I'm like clearly I'm not like do you have eyes um and I think that's that's kind of what Kaylee went through too and they what they told her to remove her lymph nodes like literally they wanted to schedule surgery to remove my extremely small lymph nodes under my jaw and then another client friend of ours um she was truly celiac and it was like debilitating it was having a very strong effect on her immune system and they wanted to like remove part of her colon or something like that and then finally her uh, no they wanted to remove all of it to the point where she needed a colostomy bag and she's like 17 her mother was like, absolutely not. We're going to look somewhere else, looked in a different area of medicine. And it was an Eastern practitioner who understood diet, said, get weed out for a little while, see if that helps. And like, that was the thing that was causing all of this for her. So a lot of people feel like they are misled or gaslit through our medical system, but it is because of our medical system, not the individual providers. We're in a prescription-based medical, uh, you know, sickness care system, if you will. Um, and you have to just follow the money on that. And it sounds really pessimistic, but it's not. Um, pharmaceutical companies run all of it. Your doctor can't even run experimental tests to see if something might be wrong unless something is already wrong. Um, they get penalized for running additional tests like that. So they're really handcuffed. And that's part of why um, a lot of a lot of doctors actually are leaving. Like we're going to have a shortage shit soon. Um, so that is very much a thing. Uh, but that's why we always recommend traditional Chinese medicine and functional medicine doctors and people that specialize in a macro holistic view of everything, um, because that's where that's the only place you're going to get progress. Right. Like really the intersection between kind of some of that 
like Western medicine foundational principles that can be guiding. And also you can't, you know, discount the fact of Eastern medicine and like traditional Chinese medicine and kind of seeing how the two can be really synergistic to meet the patient where they're at. I also, you know, I think that specifically health struggles at large, but acne, it's something that you can see. So like some chronic illnesses are invisible and are silent um, and people can be struggling with it, but no one can really know. But when you think about acne, like that's very visible and it can feel kind of powerless. Like Kaylee, you had mentioned, you were like, I don't even recognize my face in the mirror. So what advice would the both of you have for people who are struggling or have been in a similar position to feel like they can take greater control of like their acne journey and their path towards having clear, better skin? What are some things they can do to just feel a bit more empowered in the small choices that they make? So this is the reason why Danielle and I really like to go on podcasts and educate and why this entire podcast, we have not talked about a singular one of our products that we sell. We focus on the education and we lead with education always because that's what's going to empower you. I remember the most debilitating part of my acne journey was feeling so confused, trying everything nothing working and not being able to figure out what the actual root cause of my acne is. So it's why Danielle and I, you know, we have our skin quiz, we have our skincare learning center. When you go to our Instagram, YouTube, it's just all education about the root causes of acne. We've even built out a ditch your acne protocol that you can go through and it has all different modules on gut health, digestion, products, inflammation, you name it, to identify your root cause or root causes. Usually there's a couple of them. Um, and that is empowering because once you realize that pretty much the root cause of acne is similar for everyone. Like, you know, if you're more prone to acne, then genetically you're more prone. But we have things like eggs in the oversupplementation and pore clogging ingredients. Like it all comes back to the same root causes. It's just what, It's just which one is affecting you at that time. And education and taking back control of your health and understanding why and what's causing it is the most empowering feeling because then you can start ma- start to make steps like, okay, I know eggs are really acne triggering. I eat eggs every single day. I'm going to remove them for three to four weeks and watch the inflammation go down. Okay. I know that over supplementation, excess vitamin D is very acne triggering because it stimulates testosterone production. I am going to pair back to the correct dose, you know, the 100, 150% of vitamin D. And none of this is to replace any doctor recommendations of specific blood panel tests for it. We're just generally speaking that a lot of people hear in the media, oh, vitamin D or zinc are great for my immune system and then over supplement on it without ever actually knowing, are they deficient in it? Are they taking 400% of the recommended daily value when you should really be taking around 100, 150 and so again, empowering and understanding your body and the way it works is going to give you the confidence to be able to push forward and to start clear, to start to clear your acne and to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I think a lot of it does come back to this education point um, and really with health and wellness at large. Something I've talked a little bit about on the podcast and other episodes is, you know, my perspective on kind of how health and wellness is portrayed at large in the media. And I think there's still very much this one-sided picture around like the steps that you need to do in your morning routine to fit into this like perfect picture of health and wellness, but it's really not that. Um, And that can feel kind of like not super inclusive and overwhelming in a sense, because it's like, well, if I don't 
achieve all of these different steps, then like I'm not going to fit this perfect picture of what it means to be healthy and and to lead a happy life. With that being said, I I want to pivot a little bit and hear more about your perspectives on health and wellness and how you see, you know, what it means to lead a healthy life. Like what that looks like for you. Yeah, it's like it's it's a balance. You can look at it a couple of different ways. You can look at look at our daily life and be like, yeah, we're microdosing poison every day. And that's also kind of accurate. Or you can say, okay, this is the environment I live in. I'm going to make the best choices I can. You know, I'm going to control what I buy and what I keep in the house. But when you go out to dinner and you're in a group setting, are you going to be obsessing over the oils that they use? Like you're not going to be able to enjoy your life and feel happy or balanced if you're if you become obsessed to the point where you can't enjoy anything or if it gives you more anxiety than is healthy. And some people are more prone to anxiety than others. Um, and some people are just at a different stage in their health journey where they care more. They're depending on their starting point, say they just want to watch sugar. Like they know sugar is the thing that they have too much of. They're too much processed stuff, too much sugar. They were, you know, having frappuccinos every day in college and they kept up that habit. Maybe they're drinking a few nights a week and they just, they, they're aware that that's the thing they're having the most of. So that's all they're focusing on right now. That's fantastic. That's great for them. That's all, that's progress, right? Then the next level of that might be, okay, going all organic um, or, you know, getting rid of toxic cleaning products, you know, something like that. It's, Wherever your learning meets your ability to create change in your life in a non-stressful way is kind of how I like to look at it. Like there are some things I don't obsess over and other things that I'm like very hardcore about. So it's just finding what you feel matters most to your system and maybe getting in tune with your system is step one so that you can get a sense of what's bothering you the most. Like if you're someone who has like eight candles burning all day long and you're just in a bed of toxic fumes all day. And you learn about that and you're like, whoa, that does sound like it's affecting me. I kind of do get like weird headaches and have weird allergy symptoms. Maybe this is the thing that I need to work on right now and eliminate. Like it's, it's, it's very situational. And I think it ties back to your awareness of what is affecting your body. And then you making a significant amount of change in a certain area and then moving on versus trying to do everything all at once, because then your head will spin and you will be miserable. Yeah. You bring up a really interesting point about developing this like inner awareness which I think is super, super hard for people because life is busy. We have other responsibilities, other priorities. We often don't take the time to actually take care of ourselves. What tips or pieces of advice do either of you have on like learning how to develop that inner sense of awareness and, and learning how to kind of recognize when something's impacting you, when something is uh, negatively impacting you? Uh, because I think it can be really hard to kind of do a self audit on on different things in your life that might be affecting you and just never really noticing it until you're like, oh, I'm suffering the consequences. Yeah, I think the number one thing that applies to everybody across the board is your sleep. Poor sleep is poor health for most people. Like some some people can like survive on like four hours or six hours and they're fine. Most of us can't. Like Kaylee and I are really sensitive to sleep. Um, and if you have like, a lot of sugar right before bed or a lot of wine right before bed or you're um you know you just don't you don't prioritize your sleep or you go to bed at like different times throughout the night or you fall asleep with the tv on like like improving your sleep can be like a very important thing and then aside from that it's just like paying attention to how you feel like how do you feel if you miss your workout how do you feel if you do get your workout in how do you feel 
if you're if you remember to hydrate all day. Um, so it's just like starting with the basics and then seeing how you feel and then kind of just like, you know, keeping a journal helps for some people, but other people can just, you know, kind of ask themselves, like, how did I feel today? OK, I felt really good. What went well today? And just make that their new normal. I think going back to what Danielle said about not only wellness madness, but where to start. I think we're inundated with a lot of information. So you can listen to a podcast on how, you know, candles are toxic, how EMFs are toxic, how our water is toxic, how our food is toxic, how the air is toxic, how our cleaning products are toxic. The list can go on, right? You can go down a rabbit hole and it can stimulate a lot of anxiety. So I think it's good to just have a few areas that you're focusing on and then let that just unfold because I promise you, you're going to start to get inspired to clean up other areas, but it doesn't all have to happen right away or in the first year. Like again, like Danielle said, focus on the sleep first and then think about the quality of the water you're drinking and then food. Um, because you can't go a few days without sleeping. Like you start to go insane. Like <laughs> you just can't. And then you can't go that long without drinking water. So think about water all day, every day. If that's filled with a bunch of toxins, that's getting into your body. You can go longer without eating. So you kind of go like levels of priority. And then once you just start focus on cleaning up those areas and paying attention to them, you get inspired to focus on others without it being a source of anxiety. It's something that you get excited about. Like, okay, I've cleaned up these areas. Oh, now I'm excited to dive into like, what's the best non-toxic cleaning products? And you get to have fun with it rather than it be, again, a sense of stress and anxiety around it. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that because those are pretty much the exact words that I've used to talk about really the ethos of everyday endorphins, which is to get people excited about taking care of themselves, not see it as a chore, which, as you mentioned, is something that's anxiety inducing, but rather to see it as something that they naturally gravitate toward and are like, oh, I actually want to investigate this because I, I want this to be a part of my routine, a part of my life. I want this to fuel me um, in a positive way. So I love the way that you frame that, Kaylee, and, and also what you mentioned, Danielle. Aside from all the tips and tricks that you've offered around wellness and exploring what this like holistic approach to acne looks like, you both have developed such a successful company. I want to talk a little bit more about the secrets to success and how you got there. I know that the two of you decided to go to co-founder couples therapy. First of all, I didn't even know that was a thing. Can you talk a little bit more about what co-founder couples therapy is, like what that looks like and how that impacted your working relationship and kind of developing your company? Yeah. So um, it's executive coaching, but he's also a therapist um, and he specializes in the co-founder relationship. And I heard about it through someone in my business group who also does the same thing for her co-founder as well, because it's such a unique relationship and growing a business is extremely stressful. And there's a lot that comes up that can be very triggering both individually and then, um, you know, just like different brains communicate differently. So it's, I think it's absolutely necessary. And we started working with him a couple of years ago and we keep him on retainer and um, we just love him and the staff gets to talk to him. You know, they have like one-on-ones about like their leadership development. Um, and then he gives us tools for like acknowledging each other and to just keep and maintain the joy and peace as the journey gets bigger and bigger. What are some of the biggest learnings that you've taken away from, you know, working with, I guess, a business coach slash therapist slash being in this co-founder couples therapy, if you will? 
those learnings that have contributed to just kind of understanding what it means to work with someone in the entrepreneurial space, start a company together, navigate those challenges. I think two things. The first thing is understanding how different everyone is. And I feel like people just forget this and and you see it in the media and people fighting over things and arguing when in reality, everyone grew up differently. Everyone's brain worked differently. People are stressed about other things, really good at others, view situations differently. We're just all built so different. And when you can understand the person you're in a relationship with and working with, I mean, Danielle and I, you know, we've been doing this for six plus years and all day, every day and building a team and building a company and getting to understand how both of us work, like where our biggest stressors coming from, what's really triggering us, what empowers each of us, um, how do we need to be acknowledged um, or noticed in certain ways or supported in others. That leads to such a flourishing relationship. And and it took a while, you know, Danielle and I went to executive coaching therapy together and we learned this and and things would come up and some sessions would would be in tears and and feel tension. But at the end of every single one, Danielle and I are like giving each other the biggest hug um, because we just get to know each other more and understand each other more. Um, And then that helps us communicate in the best way to each other. Because no matter what, we were just having this conversation this morning, like we're building this company to make an impact, but we're also building it in a way that we want. Like we don't want to push ourselves to an extreme bandwidth where we're so stressed out and can't relax and spend time with friends or family members and give up our life. At the same time, we do want to build a really successful company. And so constantly communicating and and understanding where each of us is being pushed a little too far, knowing when to support each other or draw back a little bit or give more, whatever it is, just staying on the same page and supporting each other. And in order to do that, it does take over communication. And that's what a lot of people just haven't learned yet is sometimes when you think you're communicating, you're definitely not communicating enough. Um, And we've learned how to communicate with each other and certain team members. Right. And I think that's also just generally a life skill, even outside of the entrepreneurial space. Um, And something that I heard you, I guess, implicitly say is the importance of boundaries. Um, And earlier, Danielle, you were also talking about how sleep is like the number one thing for your health. But as entrepreneurs, I'm sure there were probably close to, you know, many sleep, almost sleepless nights because you can tend to overwork yourself. Um, so how have you navigated like trying to instill those those healthy boundaries so that you can take care of like the fundamental basic building blocks to your health? Um, for me, it's just like saying no to stuff that, that I have to qualify things. Like, does this sound fun or does it sound productive? And I am I going to learn there? So like, because we get invited to a million things. Our calendar could be completely full every night, all weekend with stuff that sounds legitimately cool and could have potential. And you might meet great people there and who knows what that could lead to, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I've just gotten better about having nights where I don't make plans or I like, I block it off as like yoga self-care night and I don't touch it. Yeah. So just managing time very carefully and then trying to just be around people that bring you up. And that sounds kind of like basic but it's not because there's some relationships where it's just like do I feel like I have to walk on eggshells around this person kind of like does it feel easy to be like understood and feel calm around this person like 
yes, it does or no, it doesn't. So just spending more time in the things that feel good and spending less time in the things that maybe like don't serve a higher purpose or just don't feel good. Um, and then prioritizing your whatever it takes to fill your cup up, like prioritizing that over like going to a fun dinner. I mean, I've worked on it too. Um, boundaries are the hardest thing to set when there are really fun things and how, like Danielle said, you never know what going to a certain dinner event will opportunities will open up. And that's really hard for me um, to, to say no to things but then I'll have like a meltdown right before and have to cancel because I like physically don't have any energy left in me. So I've been a lot better about looking at the calendar ahead of time and trying not to overbook myself and trying to be like, okay, is this worth it? Am I really excited to do this? Um, I've recently been doing a tactic where like where my energy levels are right now, like would I go to this tonight right now? Because most likely like next Wednesday, like, I might be really exhausted after a day of meetings and then to go to a dinner at 7 p.m. and be really on and, and good conversation. Like a lot of times I don't have anything left in me at 7, 7.30 at night, enough to be super on. So I look at my schedule and I think, how many meetings do I have that day? Did I have a podcast I had to record that day? Because these take a lot of energy too. Like, so like, what was my energy, energy exertion for that day? And is this a smart move going to this event tonight or going to this dinner? And if I can't be there and be my best self, then I should not go. You know, in the spirit of learning to say no more often, which is something I'm trying to implement into my life, because I do notice how that actually, in a way, can energize me. Um, I wanted to thank the both of you for saying yes to do this interview. Um, as we wrap up, it's been such a pleasure getting to have both of you on the podcast, um, really inspired by what you felt and really the ethos and, and what you're doing is really also education first, because I do think that's super empowering and um, like widely ap applicable to anyone. I really loved everything that both of you had to share. As we wrap up, I have uh, a final question for both of you. And it's a question that I ask every guest that comes onto the podcast. Obviously, the name is Everyday Endorphins. And the show is about finding things in life that bring you joy and happiness and really seeking out the endorphin thrills in day-to-day -day living. With that being said, I'd love to know what brings the both of you endorphins every day. Ooh, I really like walking and listening to podcasts. Um, learning brings me endorphins. That's, that's my favorite thing. Um, and you can learn in a lot of different ways. You can, you know, there's like a book title that's interesting but you don't have time to read the whole book you can go get the synopsis of it on youtube or someone's version of it on youtube and get a couple bullet points and start ruminating on those um stacking things that make me feel good especially in the morning that gives me endorphins like waking up you have these like neuropeptide shots that we're into right now i like doing that I like doing a bunch of electrolytes with hydrogen tablets going for a workout and a walk um, just stacking things that make you feel good. Like that gives me endorphins. I have a physical favorite and a mental favorite. My physical favorite. I love cold therapy. I have for years. It gives me rush of endorphins. I actually showered right before this podcast and I was a little cold and I was like, Oh, I don't want to turn it on freezing cold. But then I was like, no, Kaylee, I'm going to feel so good after it gives me like this rush of happiness, endorphins, energy just a, a feel good and my body ends up warming up even more after so I did it I put it on the freezing cold and I breathe through it it builds this re resiliency and strength muscle in you so I love doing uh, cold therapy and then um, also just a good conversation with a 
like either one-on-one or a really small group of people. You know, there's nothing better than like going on a walk with a friend and just like talking um, and just, you know, feeling the positivity and getting to feel heard and hear what a friend is going through or working on. Um, I get really filled up from that. I love both of your answers. I resonate with both of them. And I've never heard someone actually break down this answer in like a physical and a mental component, which I think is super creative. And then I also wonder if this concept of like walking with friends was brought on from COVID, honestly, because a lot of people on the podcast have said that, like going for a walk, talking to my friends. And I wonder if that would be, you know, as prevalent of an answer if this was pre-COVID. Just some food for thought. But regardless, it was really such a pleasure having both of you on the show. Where can my listeners follow along with both of you and also follow along with ClearSTEM and get themselves some products? On Instagram, Danielle's is Danielle the Acne Guru. Mine's is Kaylee Christina. And then you can follow ClearSum on all channels, ClearSum Skincare. That's Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and our website, ClearSumSkincare.com. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure having the both of you on the show. Thank you so much for having us. Love what you're doing. Thanks for listening to this episode of Everyday Endorphins. If you liked what you heard, make sure to like, rate, and review this podcast on whichever platform you prefer. You can also follow along the Everyday Endorphins Instagram account to stay up to date with episodes, future events, and all things related to mental health, well-being, and happiness. Don't forget to keep spreading endorphins and find things in life that bring you joy every day. Until next time. Thank you.